The Missing Intelligence Podcast is part of the Acast Creators Network. Oh, there's a dog. Hang on. Oh. Can you hear it? I can hear a dog, yeah. Oh. Fucking neighbours. I don't want to close my windows because it's hot. <laughs> That's alright. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Missing Intelligence podcast with me, Joe Barker, and my co-host, co-host, my co-host, co-host uh, Michael Hobley. Hello, Michael. Hello. All we're right, just, how you doing? I'd forgot to do the, we're just two friends ah, doing stuff. Do it. We're I, just... I I'm not here, I'm not here, I'm still not here yet. <laughs> <laughs> we're just two friends with a lot to say and no one to say it to. Mike. No, you're Hello. here. Oh, you're I'm here now. Here. Oh, Hello. Wow. You, you weren't here just then, but now you're here. <laughs> oh, now I'm here. <laughs> How you doing, mate? You good? Yeah, all right, all right. I've had yeah. um, quite an eventful week this week. Um, oh, yeah? Yes, I've, I've uh, been off work for, for Dan's birthday. Um, in that time, I managed to watch five films. Wow. And play a brand new game that's just come out. Ew. So yeah. go on, talk me through it. What, the films or the game? All of what it. do you want to know first? All, all the above. Uh, the, the uh, all at once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, the new game that's just come out, it was released on Friday for uh, early access, is Starfield. New game from oh, nice. Bethesda, who, make, yeah. uh, who made sorry, um, Fallout 4 and Skyrim. Yeah, and this is the first new world they've created, and it took twenty three years for this game to come out. Apparently, wow! From the the original idea to actually bringing it to Xbox and PC because it's an Xbox exclusive. See, so, knowing big studios like Bethesda, what that really means is the game actually started getting made like three years ago. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we put it in a drawer, and someone found it yeah someone <laughs> and was like hey, is this anything yeah i suppose it could be something it, it took 20 years for someone to go oh, i'll put some money on that yeah <laughs> probably probably that's, i'll, I'll back that that's what they really mean <laughs> but um overall i think it's yeah it's really good really good yeah. like i like those kind of games where you, you you're not really stuck on a particular track there's lots of different story elements there's different paths to go down different mm-hmm. things that you can do it's very open to what you really want to get out of it a lot of content and stuff. Yeah. yeah so to give you a bit of context it's basically set in the future uh, i don't really want to get into the main story but basically it's just a, a world of the future you can basically go wherever you like you get to build your ship and, and make your own ship you can customize your character and there's just lots to ex- explore and lots to do really yeah, puck a game to be honest, and and I'm actually pleasantly surprised because with Bethesda previously and and other games that I've played uh, that have had early access, you tend to get quite a lot of bugs and and stuff on the first couple of days. So far, it's crashed once on me, oh, and that's not, bad. not too bad. No, yeah, no, I think that's. So I I don't really know much about this game. So can you go on like different planets and stuff? Is yeah. That- or is it all space-based? So, yeah, no, you, you can go to different planets. So there's, like, three main factions. You've got the United Colonies, which is basically pretty much like the UN. You've right. got, like, these frontier people who are, like, cowboys. 
like space okay. <laughs> space cowboy. <laughs> this is the return of the space cowboy <laughs> game, and uh, the other one is like this weird kind of religion that follows like a big snake. Right. They're very weird. I haven't really got that involved in them because it's not really my cup of tea. But I'm sure I'll have a bit more information <laughs> on them when it comes to it. But there's like loads of there's loads of places like there's main big cities that you can go to. But other than that, you can literally just pick any planet, turn up, and there's random story beats, or there might be a distress signal that you can chase and things like that. So okay. yeah, you can literally do whatever you like. You don't. It's one of those games that I like with Bethesda they they normally go for it is you don't necessarily have to play the main story yeah to get a good game out of it you yeah. can you can basically do your own thing yeah it's really good really good i'm i'm impressed so far it it sounds like a bethesda take on no man's sky no yeah it is that's exactly what it is it's no man's okay. sky but with a decent story <laughs> <laughs> oh nice and what movies have you been watching Jeff? so um, I've watched fifty percent of Barbenheimer. Uh, okay. Not is is that is that like one film <laughs> yeah. than the other, or is that like yeah. half of one and half of the other? That's, no, it's, yeah, I've watched the beginning of Oppenheimer and the end of Barbie. <laughs> it's, it's really confusing concept, <laughs> <laughs> but somehow I understood it. <laughs> um, unfortunately, it is a Nolan's blockbuster. It is the Barbie movie that I went and see. Uh, did you go by yourself? Yeah, I did, yeah. Did you actually? No, I didn't. Fuck that. <laughs> you were saying how you wouldn't. <laughs> no, we, we went for we went for Dan's birthday. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I could get away with going... Oh, yeah, it's just a treat. Get it's away treat with going man. dressed up in all pink and... Yeah, that's it. Oh, doing, oh, yeah, it's the missus, on it? It's her birthday. Oh, yeah. God. She's dragged me out. Oh. And then Dan, I paid for the tickets. <laughs> 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 and got her early. <laughs> <laughs> oh nice um yeah no, how how was it it's all right <laughs> it's all right <laughs> i suppose there was some really funny beats in it um yeah i feel like the whole film it it's kind of more the ken movie <laughs> that might oh really that might get a lot of people's back up backs up about it but is that yeah. because of the narrative, or is that because he stole the show? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we discussed this a little while ago. That there was a news article, wasn't there, about him pretty much stealing the show? Yeah. And I think he does. Okay. He's. I feel like he had more character development than Barbie did. Right. And not to give anything away, at the, at the end of the film... It looked like it was going to end a particular way. And then all of a sudden it does like this mad U-turn and ends differently. Like just out of nowhere, it, mm. the, this uh, this idea comes into it. And it seems to me like they put it out to focus groups and they said, no, I don't like the ending. It needs to be ended differently. And right. that's how they've gone about it. But yeah, the the actual main ending is just, yeah, it looked like it's kind of tacked on. It doesn't really flow with the rest of the story if that makes sense it there was no setup for the ending right there for for one of the lines where it looked like it was going to be ended on 
there was plenty of setup and it would have been a, like a oh decent like I like that idea but then this added little extra bit was just yeah out of left field a little bit for me and right. kind of took away from from it all it, yeah I think it kind of let the film down a little bit um okay. but yeah it's good it's a really yeah it's funny there's some really funny moments in it and but good performances all around so i'd been reading mm-hmm. a lot that it's very anti-man is that the vibe that you would get from it um in short no i'm, I'm gonna go on a bit of a rant here i think right, it's your turn now <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think there's two major things at play here i think one is that well, you, you learn in drama when you're creating a character, it's fine to use stereotypes or archetypes to create a character. And at the end of the day, you have like an hour and a half to like, I don't know, like two hours to create a narrative for a character. And sure, that's where stereotypes come in. It's a good way to take something complex and simplify it, especially like when it comes to caricatures. And I think the other thing is. The media. Oh, this is proper going into. Uh, <laughs> are, we, are we about to get political? Into political <laughs> levels. But I think the media is. Well, one of the biggest things that sell in the media is is controversy. And right, I believe yeah, that yeah. the people that are probably saying this is the small minority. But obviously, the media gives this impression that that's actually the majority and everyone mm. thinks that way. Uh, that That's just not the case. And yeah, at the end of the day, like I say, Ken is a, he's a caricature of male, male stereotypes. Some of the things that, some of the jokes they make about him or some of the things he does don't necessarily resonate yeah. with me in particular. But there were other things where I thought, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I just think people need to learn to sort of take the piss out of themselves I mean, a little bit more. Ultimately, the whole Barbie concept is just a, a exaggeration of just girls, you know, it is, like life. It is, and, it, and and it's not just Ken that's a caricature. Barbie's a caricature. The yeah. other guy, Alan's a caricature. Like it's supposed to be over the top. Yeah. And even when you go back as far as the dolls, Barbie doll like was stereotypical. Yeah, and then the Ken doll was stereotypical as well. So all they've done is they've translated that into the film. Yeah, and just um, giving it a narrative and a plot. Kind of exactly, yeah. and right. yeah, I don't think it's anything to do with any kind of male hate. I think yeah, it's quite the opposite. It's it's sort of girl power. Yeah, it's just like I say, it's just over the top. They've taken the stereotypes I, I feel and like, they've boosted them through the ceiling. and that's Yeah, I feel like this minority happened. that you're talking about is very much of, as you said, it's girl power, it's girl empowering type film. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's man bashing. No, exactly. You, know, you, you can't have one without the other. Yeah. Um, and like you say, there's minorities obviously assuming, oh, this is girl empowering, women empowering. Mm. That must mean it's man bashing. Yeah. Well, no, not That's necessarily. Not nece- exactly, not necessarily. I'm sure there's moments in it where it, it has some kind of negative things to womanhood in it. Yeah. So yeah, like, it, it swings around about us. There's, there's positive exactly. and negatives and, and it, everything. It's not even just this film. It's in loads of films. People are using, they call it archetypes. 
Yeah. Where you use basically characteristics or over the top characteristics to build your character. Yeah. Uh, and and the most obvious characteristics to build your character. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, not so. It's a film. Especially, when, especially when it's there to serve the narrative. Like, yeah, exactly. A, there, there is a story to be told yeah. here. And the best way to do that is an, an exaggerated version of something. In this mm. case, it's an over-exaggeration of, of the patriarchy or yeah. man or whatever. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I assume, when, I, when, when I read these articles about man bashing and stuff, I assumed it was the, the loud minority, you know? Yeah. I think um, that comes. I think that's it. There's a lot of that. Is so I'm gonna not go into that too much because then we will get political. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, but yeah, I think I think that yeah, the media is one of the biggest problems. Yeah, with those sort of things, and okay. I think when you talk to anyone else in the street and say, "What are your opinions?" They probably share the same opinion with you, no matter what yeah. their background is. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think people, like it's a movie. Just don't take it too seriously. Uh, do you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's just a movie. Like it's not. It's not a political piece. No, it's, it's not, the Barbie it's, movie. It's, it's not, not the inner workings yeah. of Shakespeare. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> even if it was that, Jake, yeah, even if it was that. It's not like manifesto for a major political party. Like it's exactly. a movie. Yeah, calm the fuck down. Um, for the other films I watched, Mike, we're gonna completely tip the scale. <laughs> okay. Because I watched not one, not two, not three, but all four of the John Wick movies in a matter of 17 hours. <laughs> okay. Don't... Don't say anything about John Wick 4 because I haven't seen it yet. Okay. And I really want to see it. So don't say anything. No spoilers, please. Right. No. Spoiler free. Had, had you seen them all, any, any of them before? Nope. Today, or whenever it is you watched it? Nope. Okay. I hadn't seen a single one. So literally okay. it was all new for me. Okay, and it was so good that I did end up watching all four of them in a short amount of time. So I was just like, I want more, right? And more. What I found so, really interesting is all four films are set over the course of like a week. Is it really? Yeah, I knew they. I knew they were following on from each other, but I didn't realize it was that close. So I think in the third one, he makes or someone says. Oh, someone killed his dog like a few days ago, and it's caused a rampage. Ah, and then number four moves on completely after that. I mean, it's probably a couple of days that four spans, but yeah, it does seem like all of them all all in a matter of a week, which I thought was a really cool idea. Yeah. So when it comes to watching them all together, it just seems like a really long film. Yeah. Yeah. See. I wonder if you had the same reaction as I did. So the first one, obviously, is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like a revenge film, yeah, of this like super skilled killer. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you come to the sec, I think it was the second film. It obviously deep dives into the lore of his backstory and where he got his skills and how he applied his trade and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you learn about this underworld type mercenary assassin group yeah. thing. Yeah. I kind of felt like going from the first film into the second film, that that came a little bit out of the blue and it just sort of, it went from like action reality type thing to action fantasy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You, you can tell across all four of them, 
it kind of gets the whole um, Fast and Furious situation where it starts off quite realistic to an extent. Like Obviously, yeah. there's this guy. He was a contract killer. Something's brought him out of out of hiding and he's like just fucking shit up and then like you say as the story delves a little bit deeper it does start to become a little bit less realistic far-fetched and yeah yeah like it's not really a spoiler but in the third film there's a guy who's part of the i think it's called the table isn't it the the main company um he's part of the table and he's blind but still managed to do like all the gun foo stuff yeah but then you've also got um what's his name morpheus his thing is pigeons and homeless people oh yeah it's like everyone has their own like gimmick yeah you know and it just gets a little bit too like oh, what's this it is a bit strange the one thing that i like it's good mm. it's just going from the first film to that yeah you know what i mean yeah it's just a it, it, like, did, oh, okay. it did take a little bit of a a big step, but I suppose they've got to up the ante a little bit, didn't they? Yeah, to an extent. I'm really struggling to separate the films out. <laughs> where <laughs> yeah, I no, watched them all in one go, I, yeah. I'm trying to think of where the first one ended and the second one started. Can we just talk about though in the first film mm. the fight scene in the club? You know, when he it, it sort of like he's beating up people across the club and then goes upstairs and then goes into the the pool area. Do you not remember? There were so many fight scenes. I kind of, yeah. I think that's probably the, the problem with watching them all in one go. It all, it does get a little bit like, oh, another fight. Oh, but in fairness, you do fight. kind of, you do kind of get lost in the world of it though, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. The fights are incredible. Like the choreography is amazing. Yeah, but yeah, he does it all. He does it all himself, Keanu Reeves, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Have you have seen... you seen that clip of him at the shooting doing range? The gun... Yeah, the shooting range. Yeah, Mate, yeah, yeah. incredible, mad. Yeah, yeah. He actually. So this is interesting. I think it was in the, either the third film or the fourth film. He does this little trick with his handgun when he's reloading, and when he pops out the mag, he like flicks the gun to the side. Yeah, he, like twists the gun, yeah. and it shoots the mag out even quicker. And then reloads. And they've yeah. actually started implementing... Keanu Reeves just randomly done it out of nowhere. And yeah. now they've started implementing it in um, competition shooting because it's a quicker way of reloading. Oh, mad. How crazy is that? Yeah. That was actually what made me want to watch them. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. Crazy. But good. Crazy They're good films though, right? Mate, are so good. How good's the fourth one? Don't spoil again, no spoilers, but just tell me, is it good? There's an amazing scene at the uh Arch de Triumph, which is okay. fucking incredible. That was really probably one of the things that stood out for me. And also the finale is incredible. <laughs> I hope and pray, and I know the director's already come out and said that he's not going to make a new another one, but I hope they don't make another one because it ends really well. I thought they were going to. They're going to do a spin-off series, a, like it's like a prequel about okay. the um, about the Continental. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I think as a yeah, I think they're gonna give it a wide berth yeah. from doing like a, a sequel. Um have you seen another film? It was it was by the creators of John Wick, a film called Nobody. Yes, I've seen that. Mate, yeah. how good is that? Yeah. That what I like about that is um it's sort of unlike John Wick. It's more realistic with the um reaction to getting hurt. Yeah. Yeah, like, that, 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 the whole boat, bus fight scene. Yeah, when um, he gets stabbed, and you can see that he's actually in trouble, and he's trying to—he yeah. has to sort of bite on yeah. something to pull the knife out. Whereas, whereas John Wick will fall off a roof and sort of just about struggle to get lose up, a but... finger. Yeah, how does just... that work? <laughs> the important thing is, does he still have a pencil? A pencil? No, he doesn't. A fucking pencil. I think he doesn't. He kill a couple of guys with the pencil. Well, in I mean, the whole. Oh, I, 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 I know what you're saying. The story is like he's so scary because he killed yeah. like four people in a bar with a pencil. Yeah, with nothing but a pencil. With nothing but a pencil. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's any pencil fights. I think the, they they made the pencil fight in the in the third one, didn't it? Didn't they? I, I, I really can't. I have that, to watch. That was it. Remember. Was in the train station, and all I can remember is he puts the pencil up against the wall, and then. He doesn't stab the guy in the head. He kind of pushes the head into the pencil. Oh, so he kind of does a joker. <laughs> kind of, but the back of the head this time, oh. which is a lot less hard to watch. I the idea like... of, of being stabbed in the like back the of the pen... head by a pencil is a lot better than the idea of being stabbed in the front of the head with a pencil. I feel like the pencil would break. Yeah. You know, the skull's quite hard. I know there's like a soft bit just underneath the ridge, but... It might have got him there. I don't know. Who knows? He's John Quick. Yeah. He could do anything. John Quick, yeah. Yeah, with the power of his dog dying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the way you say that, it's like the power of Grayskull. <laughs> with the power of my dead dog. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you've had a busy movie week. I have had a busy movie week, yes. How about you, nice. Mike? What have you been up to? Um, not much actually. I, in terms of movies, I tried watching Tenant, uh, the Nolan film. Oh yeah, How, what and... you I don't like the idea of you trying. That's so I tried start. the first time, uh, sort of half watching it while I was working, and realised that. I know Nolan films, the dialogue is super quiet normally, but this one's like ridiculously quiet. So I had to like rank it up and put the subtitles on, but I still wasn't really following it because I was working. So I'd turn it off after like 20 minutes because I was like, there's no way I'm going to get into this film because you really need to pay attention because yeah. bloody dialogue. Well, Dan said that to me the other day. She came in, she went, I've just seen the tenants on Netflix. I think it's on. Yeah. yeah. She went, do, do you think I'd like it? And I said, yeah, I think you'd like it, but it's not a film you can put on in the background. Yeah. You have to sit there and pay attention. Yeah. I had to watch it twice to well, really to appreciate it. it. Yeah. Right, so this is the other so I I then like the next day actually sat down to watch it. Like had my dinner and plate with me and I was de- dedicated to watching it. I got 50 that, minutes in and Is that a main thing you have to watch? In order to concentrate on the film, you have to have your dinner plate with you. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, no food. Just, <laughs> just, just, just you and your dinner plate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Most people have a pillow. No, no, a just a dinner yeah, plate, yeah. and then I can really. It kind of puts me in the mindset of being interested in this film. Yeah. Once yeah, I yeah. have the dinner plate. Yeah, but usually whenever I'm having dinner, I'm like, "But where's the film? What's going on here?" <laughs> <laughs> like shell shock every time someone puts a dinner plate in front of you. <laughs> oh, what film are we watching tonight? <laughs> film, film, film. <laughs> Mike, we're not watching a film. Film. <laughs> no, yeah. So I was like dedicated to watching it. I got mm-hmm. 15 minutes in, and I was like, "I am not understanding this. I'm not following it. It's just a bunch of nonsense." <laughs> So I, just, I switched it off. I couldn't be asked. Wow. It's a lot. It's, it's, I, just, no, I, I just don't get it. <laughs> I, just don't, I'm just, I just didn't understand it. It's... Like like Inception, Yeah, I could follow that easy. Mm. Oppenheimer followed it. Fucking Interstellar, I understood. Memento, I understood. This Prestige, I understood. Mm-hmm. But yeah, fucking Tenet, I just could not follow it. It, and I, I know, I know. Probably, if I gave it another twenty minutes or so, it would probably be like, ah, oh, okay, that all makes sense now. But no, I don't. There's I, not. I there's not a eureka moment. Is there not? I've watched it twice, and I haven't had the eureka moment. Right. I think you just have to get on with it. Yeah. It is a tough one. I actually said so. Um, someone messaged us and said, "Oh, can you have a look at the Nolan films?" Which we will be getting to in in due course but i was thinking we've we've gone from the only other film we've reviewed so far was everything everywhere all at once which was really difficult to explain and then the nolan films which are very difficult to explain i think we need to like do a review of the simpsons movie or something like that first just something a little bit more simple the other nolan films i can explain quite easily dream within a dream within a dream yeah what about interstellar though interstellar is weird the ending's weird and like the motive for those people are weird but i can explain it in the bookcase i need to watch that again because i can't remember the reason for him to go in interstellar because uh, i'm not gonna say because spoilers so the update i had joe mm-hmm. um is so last week we videoed episode nine and we put it onto youtube we did it was the first episode that we videoed and it was. we've been spamming all of the socials we have uh with clips of that video and i know we've joked about it since the first time youtube decided to take off our channel and um, we've joked about it ever since that certain jokes we've made will get us cancelled on youtube again we've been cancelled on youtube again <laughs> <laughs> they've deleted our account we have again. been banned from youtube yeah, um, I don't. I don't get. I why. don't know why. I don't like. I don't know why. I I didn't put any tags in it that weren't true. The content is fine. I think. What it is, Mike, is our content is too hot. Our takes are too hot. Yeah, they don't want to pay out. You know the amount of popularity that we no. get. They'd be paying us billions. Exactly, and they're just like, look, we We've can't got enough people to pay. We wouldn't be able to financially recover from this. <laughs> Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, I, to, to you listeners, I'm very sorry, but I can't be asked with YouTube anymore. No, we're just going to stick with the other platforms. Yeah, because fuck that noise. So YouTube has finally got the missing intelligence fuck off award. <laughs> um, we'll never be using them again. So thanks yeah, YouTube yeah. and get stuffed. <laughs> 
I don't know what it is I'm doing with the upload that's causing it to go, oh, this is deceptive tactics and spam. What? God knows. I don't know. Um, All I said was Dolly Parton. Yeah. And that she had some good stories. Maybe Dolly Parton doesn't have good stories. Maybe that's the problem. That's where I'm being deceptive. But the thing is, I really did go to the rugby game. (laughs) (laughs) I really did. Okay, yes, we didn't actually go on a desert island with fucking <laughs> Matt Damon's character from The Martian. And... <laughs> okay, that's where we went wrong, Joe. Fuck's sake. Now we can only say exactly what we've done. Yeah, and even that was probably not true. Probably. That's that's deceptive. But apparently. overall, yeah, so just to confirm, do not try and find us on YouTube. We will not be on be YouTube. Yet. We're not. We have no intentions of retrying to upload onto YouTube. It can get stuffed. I might update our logo to have the YouTube logo on it. But, but we've we'll aligned for it. it. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> we Welcome to the only anti-YouTube podcast on the internet. <laughs> oh, let's make that a thing. Let's, every week we talk about something that YouTube's bad about. <laughs> I'll I'll get something for next week. You watch. (laughs) As as you mentioned, Joe, this is our 10th episode. So for something a little bit different in this episode, we're not having a question with Uncle Disco. We're getting answers. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So you may remember last week we asked him who, what five people he would have been on an island with. And the week before that, we asked him what podcasts he listened to. Well, he's answered those today, but let's start with the podcasts. Hello, Joe and Michael. I'm now going to give you my top three podcasts that I would recommend for you to do or listen to, obviously. I drive into work into London every day and it takes me about an hour. And after 26 years of doing this, I've got so fed up listening to the radio, listening to the same stuff doesn't matter how many different channels are out there, unless you've got an internet radio, you get bored because it's the same stuff and it's adverts and I can't stand that. So, although I would say a top three, my first two are the same, so I'm going to have a top four. And it's the Complex, that's one of them, and the other one is Mike Slifkin's Span pod, and they are both Gary Newman based stroke alternative music. What else he does? Punk on there, he does new wave, and it's all that different type of music which you just don't hear anymore. Probably because I'm an old fart, but that's neither here or there. The stuff you hear there, it's the same stuff, but you've really got to go out and search for this sort of thing. So that's my first one. They are music ones, and I love them. My next one is The Archers. Now, this is a really sad fact, but I do like listening to The Archers, and it goes on as an ombudsman version, so I get an hour and a half of it every week, and I love it. I think it's great. It's a normal soap. We all love a soap, even if you don't want to admit it, but I love a soap. Can't stand them on TV. Very contradictory myself, but I would love the one I listen to. It's like having an audio book, but things just going off all the time. What I love about it is that it's on the farm, and 
therefore you can imagine someone looking after pigs now you may imagine him looking after 30 but i might imagine him looking after 300 that's the beauty of the archers you have these characters in your heads like reading the book and you can imagine what they're doing my last one well this is quite hard really i was either going to pick commode uh, and mayo's uh, film review which i've been listening to since i was on radio one or i was going to pick joe marla as good as joe marla's show is great i think i will pick commode and mayo's film review uh take one i think it's called they're on just online now but it's just a film review show of all the films you want to see all the films you have seen and it's an honest review and they get everyone uh emails them in with their opinion of it and it's you know so you go into a into a cinema and there's 10 films and you know not to touch that one not that one but that one's really good so that's what i like it i remember my dad always listened i don't know what the archers is so it's not really a podcast it's a radio four show right or it was or it was is that oh they stopped doing it now the archers yeah oh okay yeah i think yeah, my old man used to always listen to them. It, it's like a soap. Well, Disco described it perfectly. It is like a soap opera, but for, for the tele, for the radio. Yeah, I imagine it was something that people used to listen to before they had tellies. Mm. I don't know. There once was a day where everyone used to just hang around the radio. So yeah, we'll gather like... around the radio. Have you watched The Archers? Or I've listened to, listened to it when I was young. I remember listening to it either in the car or my dad's very similar to me. He has to listen to something to go to sleep. Can't sleep in silence. So right. if we went camping or something like that, and he, he would like put that something like that on either the archers or like um, dad's army. Cause dad's army, they've got a similar sort of audio soap as well, okay. as well as the episodes. And he would play that while he was going to sleep, so you kind of used to hear it then. But I couldn't tell you anything of note from it. It wasn't really my cup of tea, to be honest. Right. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think he's, yeah, I think he's right. It's a little bit before our time. Yeah. Um, although saying that, something that is way before my time, but I'm bloody like I love it, and I recently rewatched it last week during while I was working. Hmm. It's the young ones. Did you ever watch the young ones? Oh, with. Rick Mail and yeah, Aid Edmund. Yeah. Um yeah. I haven't. I've seen clips of it on like YouTube and things like that. Yeah. Um what's the other one that they no, that it, I mentioned Rick YouTube Mayo's Joe well? with the house <laughs> on <laughs> on a on particular video website that we do not speak of. <laughs> <laughs> the the platform that must not be named. <laughs> what's the other one the other show that he done as well rick Mayer. it was bottom as well bottom, that's it yeah. that was that's yeah. good i've seen a couple of like the live shows. Uh, if you like if you like bottom you'll like the young ones yeah it's on it's on the bbc iPlayer. Oh, okay um, I'd, I'd highly recommend a good old watch. reputable video platform unlike yes. others 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure that they, they really respect their content creators. Yeah, and, definitely. And I bet they don't yeah. just delete things ta- for no and reason. And take the time to actually review their decisions mm. before they. Although this is the BBC, maybe they're not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, they're definitely not checking their show hosts. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to Uncle Disco's answers about the pods, mm. one thing that obviously I personally know, but one thing you'll come to learn and the listeners will come to learn is he is obsessed with Gary Newman. Um, do you know Gary Newman? Gary Newman. You'll know one of his songs. This is Gary Newman. <laughs> That's Gary Newman. Yeah, that's not who I was thinking of. Who was you thinking of? Um, who... You're thinking of Gary Oldman, are you? No, no. <laughs> who sang You've Got a Friend in Me? you got a friend in me. you got a friend in me. Carol Oh, Cole. Randy Newman. Randy Newman, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's not. Not Randy Gary Newman. Newman. <laughs> yeah, I thought no, he was a bit so... of a strange... <laughs> Uh, musician to to like, but yeah, okay. I know it is. It, it still it is. Still is. <laughs> yeah. Here in um, my car. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. So Uncle Disco is obsessed with him, right? And I, I'm surprised that none of his questions so far have been Gary Newman based, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll hear in his island that Gary Newman definitely crops up. <laughs> you, you watch. You oh, you listen. You listen. You listen, and you listen hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so his his other podcast was Take Two, which is a film review podcast by Commode and Mayo, who I actually don't know who they are, no. if I'm honest. But I know you like your film review uh, podcast, Joe. He also answered the question from last week, which is who he would have on his desert island. Hello, Joe and Michael. I would like to discuss my real-life characters that I would have on a desert island, as you have asked. My first one would be Gary Newman. I'm a big fan. I would love it if I could sit there and chat to him for hours on end. He'd probably want to try and get off the island because I so irritatingly asking him questions over loads of stuff. It'd be great. What a bloke to have on the island. No other purpose on there apart from me, one-to-one, chatting, crap to him. Number two on my desert island would be David Bellamy. You probably don't even know who David Bellamy is, but he used to work on the BBC a long time ago, for ages. And then he decided one day that... Um, that global warming was just uh, a fake. And then after that, he stopped working for the BBC because he's the only one who actually thinks that global warming is just a natural thing. Uh, so he'd be really good on the island because he will he loves plants and nature and he will be able to show me stuff that we can eat, uh, forage for, uh, build... What a great bloke to have on an island. My third person would be Lenny Henry. What a comedian. Fantastic comedian. He's also an impressionist. 
He also has got a master's in in a degree. He also does Shakespeare. He's an actor. And he will just make me laugh. And he'd be a great bloke to have on there. So, yeah. Of course, all this sort of stuff that's going on on the island, I will need someone who will help me out. And you need someone who's strong. So, Magnus Magnusson. He won the world's strongest man competition i think four years in a row so he'll still be pushing it around he can lift my logs up in the air and he can build stuff and he can protect us so after all that my last person i'll have on the island would be my wife who wouldn't you want as your best buddy the person who knows everything about you good and bad who knows you inside there? And when I get cold, I can have a little cuddle. I told you, predicted it, Gary Newman. <laughs> of course, it was, it, was, it was bound to happen. Yes. And I am <laughs> not surprised he's put Gary Newman ahead of his wife, but well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going there. <laughs> no, <that's... laughs> but I think it's quite sweet that he's put his wife. And you didn't do that, Joe. You didn't put your soon-to-be wife. That's shocking. No comment, Your Honour. <laughs> I thought we were doing it as celebrities, celebrities and, stuff. and stuff. Otherwise, I would choose my whole family and all my friends and every all the listeners and everybody. We're a very busy island. <laughs> we'll call it the UK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Gary Newman, fair enough. I guess entertainment for him. Mm-hmm. It's It's his, like... Who did you say? Ryan Reynolds your... or Dolly Parton? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's your Dolly Parton. <laughs> it's my Dolly Parton. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's my Mark Noble. So yeah, I, I get it. It's fine. Um, David Bellamy. And I don't I don't really know who David Bellamy is, but apparently he's a um, TV presenter, like botanist. Mm. I guess like a uh, an Alan Titchmarsh. I guess. Yeah. Um, which kind of makes sense if you're on a Devon Island, you want someone who's going to know how to grow shit. Which was my. Um, thought process with Matt Damon's character from The Martian. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's chucked in Lenny Henry, which is a decent shout. He's he's quite a funny guy. I worked with Lenny You've Henry. You've actually met Lenny. Yeah, I'd yeah. say you, you I'd say met, but you actually worked with yeah, him. Yeah. I was in um a play of his at the National Theatre and at Greenwich Theatre as well. Have you got any stories behind that? He's a big lump. And he's got a booming laugh, and my character <laughs> made him. I'm, I played a comic relief character, right. so I think I was his favourite because <laughs> it was a very like serious story. Apart from my character, who kind of brought the the laughs, so it was good. Come on, mate. you must have more stories involving him, though. Um, I went that you'd like to tell. Yeah, I, I picked him up from Abbeywood Station. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, could you imagine? Could you imagine Lenny Henry at Abbeywood Station? <laughs> oh my god! You, surely he had the moment of how has my career got me here? But maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck am I doing it? <laughs> no, he's, he's a really nice guy. Really nice guy, and um, yeah. yeah, funny. Got lots of good stories, like Dolly Parton. Yeah, a bit. <laughs> <laughs> So he rightly said his wife and his wife, my auntie, lovely woman. Yeah. Top, top woman. Yeah. Do, couldn't do enough for you. Oh. Lovely woman. 
And then Magnus Magnusson, who was a strongman, if I'm right. He was an Icelandic former powerlifter and strongman competitor, four-time world strongest man. Was that actually man. his name, Magnus Mag- Mag- Magnusson? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so he's Magnus, son of Magnus. Jesus. There you go. Very imaginative family. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, his reasoning's correct. Like, he's going to do all the heavy lifting, mm. even at the age of 60. Um, I'm pretty sure he could do a job. I mean, just look at Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I mean, I would go with someone a little bit younger, like an Eddie Hall. Yeah. Less likely a, uh... to die of the flu. <laughs> oh, he might have had his jet. <laughs> yeah, that's know. true. He might have done. <laughs> Although, you know, whether or not the needle could penetrate those muscles. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it just went in and just bent right up. <laughs> like Superman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they're, they're solid choices, those ones, I think. He actually goes for a different way than we did last week, Joe. Mm-hmm. He does a real people list and also a fantasy list of who he, like characters and stuff that he'd want to um, go down. So let's let's see what he says. Hello, Joe and Michael. And now I'd like to give you my fantasy characters on a desert island now this is quite good fun because you can pick so many different people i thought that i all my superheroes that will be on the island like superman say he physically couldn't get off the island because there's a like a force field that would stop you getting off so although he's got these superpowers he can't get off the island so anyway my first one would be ripley out of Alien. I mean, what a badass woman that is. She can pick up any gun and she can destroy aliens. So, if there's any aliens coming to my island, she's the woman who's going to sort it out for me. My second person on my fantasy character on my desert island would be Chewbacca. What a beast of a person. He's massive. He's strong. And I won't understand a word what he's saying. And if I get cold, I can have a little cuddle because he's hairy. Loki from the Avengers. You need someone who's a baddie on there to keep everyone in check. And he's great fun because he's, although he's bad, sometimes he does some good. And he's got a brother that might help him out. You never know. So, yeah, he keep everyone in check, I think. Forrest Gump. I mean, what hasn't that man done? He's in, he's invented stuff. He become, uh, he went to war. He helps people. He, um, what else did he do? He done loads of shit, didn't he? So Forrest Gump, he's a very handy man to have on your desert island. So my last person, well, you know, everyone needs a bit of company. I can have a cat and dog. Love cats and dogs. But I thought, go one better. I'll add the hand from the Adams family. Because he can stroke my head. He could do loads of stuff, the hand. And if I get bored and lowly, he can help me out. So I thought some of those are a good shout. Like Ripley. Mm. I, I, w- I wouldn't have thought about... I mean, the movie sort of... Hang on. What? Mosquito. <laughs> Did I get it? <laughs> All right, Mr. Miyagi. Sorry. 
So yeah, um, Ripley, I wouldn't have really thought about. I mean, it's again, it was just probably just a little bit before my time mm. that film, and I've not actually watched that film. Or Alien. Yeah, I've not. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any of the Alien films actually. Um, I've done it a weird way around. I watched Prometheus first, and then that's what got me into going back and watching Alien and Alien. I've not seen Prometheus. <laughs> uh, Prometheus is good. But no, yeah, Ripley's a shout. Mm. Um, I know she's like one of the all-time big badasses. Yeah. Big badass female leads. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chewbacca. That's that's different. Uh, that would wind me up. His, his, but his reasoning for it is, it'd be nice to have a cuddle with him, which <laughs> I guess is true. Yeah, yeah. I suppose so. Yeah, I think Chewbacca would annoy me a little bit, not being able no, to. Know. Know. Yeah, I can't do a Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. No, I'm not going to do that. I've been told that my. <laughs> My impressions have been terrible up to this point. So I know you're Brian, you're Brian Cox last week. Was pretty yeah. Cool. All right, yeah. then that's good for me. Got to the... do it. Got to do it. Got to do it. Got to do it. <laughs> that's not bad. That's pretty that good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> mine was more like Sloth from Goonies. <laughs> Loki, because apparently I, I don't, I didn't really understand the logic with this one. Because <laughs> everyone needs a baddie in the group to keep everyone in check. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just got to cause rifts within the group. Yeah, especially Loki. Yeah, <laughs> literally the god of mischief. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get, I get having like a leader mm. to keep everyone in check, or you know, someone who doesn't take any shit. But I, like, but that's Ripley, you know. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I mean, it's his list. Fair enough. <laughs> Forrest Gump, he's done a lot. I'm sure that that'll be an interesting conversation. Yeah. You know? And at least you get some chocolates as yeah, well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because life is like he's, he's, think, he's thinking ahead. Yeah. Like, if you can't forage, you've got chocolates. <laughs> or shrimp. <laughs> shrimp gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then and then the hand, which is a little bit out of left field. Mm. I'm, I think that's the one from the Adams family. Yeah. Uh, just, I guess, like good for foraging i i don't really know um i don't want to know (laughs) why you would want to make take a disembodied hand but (laughs) what are you suggesting (laughs) maybe it's do you know what it would probably be a good idea because i think from what i can remember about the thing he can climb up any surface because he gets everywhere yeah i think it's called yeah or hand or whatever um so if you needed to get coconuts down off a tree, you could send the hand up, get the coconuts and Yeah, or like, Oh no, but how's he gonna carry like... the coconuts? Oh he could just knock it free. Yeah, yeah. It's just essentially like knocking into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or you can go up to um like nests and get eggs. Yeah. 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 Because you can carry an egg with like two things. Yeah, right, and then you? still scuttle yeah, along with the others. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you look like you're throwing up a gang sign there, Mike. <laughs> West Side is the best. <laughs> um, we've also, Joe, we've had a couple of messages about this, but one in particular went with the same sort of theme as Uncle Disco, which is they did one list of real characters mm-hmm. and one real people, and then one list of of fantasy characters. Mm-hmm. So let me just let me just read out this message. Um, it's from Georgina her real life people that she'd take and she's given like a brackets of as to why. So it kind of makes sense. 
she agreed with you with Bear Grylls mm-hmm. for the survival aspect of things. Um, it's, I get the the um, the logic of this next one, but it does. I don't, I don't think it stands up. Uh, Michael Phelps to help fish. Now, Michael Phelps is a swimmer, if I'm correct. Oh, right. right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, He's not a fisherman. No. <laughs> it, 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 that is the Olympian, right? Yeah, but yeah, Michael Phelps is the American gold medal winning yeah, right. swimmer, yeah. Yeah. So, like, he's good at swimming, yeah. but is he good at fishing? Is that something I don't know about I'd him? probably take a championship fisherman. Yeah, yeah. It might be better. <laughs> but, I mean, fair enough. Yeah, Michael exactly. Phelps. Michael, Hel- Michael um, Phelps and the spear. <laughs> um, Hayden, she, she said Hayden, Hayden Christensen um, also known as Darth Vader yeah. just to admire oh. which is fair very he's nice a, yeah, he's a handsome lad I suppose um, Hank Green who I don't know who Hank Green is but Hank Green because um, the fact because he knows facts to help survive do you know who Hank Green so is? so Hank Green according to Go Google is an American vlogger he looks like he okay. knows his stuff. William Henry Green the second. Her fifth person she take from real life is Miley Cyrus, just for the laugh, just for the lols, for fun. Very nice. There you go. And then the characters, like the made up characters. Uh, number one, Obi Wan for the humour. Hello there. Maybe that's it. Maybe she just wants. Did <laughs> you just sit there going, hello there. "Oh, hello there." <laughs> <laughs> It's no use, Anakin. I have the higher ground. <laughs> I sit down, Obi Wan. Fucking it, we're trying to cook. <laughs> you were the chosen one. Stop pissing about. I loved you. <laughs> <laughs> um, similarly to Uncle Disco, she's put Loki for fun. Oh, for fun. For, so not not to to keep people in check, mm. literally to cause havoc. Can I remind everybody that he did try and take over the world in the first movie, in the mm. first Avengers film? This this is a thing, yeah. And you're going to put him on an island with five mm-hmm. people to overpower, four people to overpower him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd recommend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this could be the new age at Loki, where, where he's a little bit more fun. chill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number three, Edward Cullen, um, to turn me into a vampire if I start dying from an illness. That's a good idea. That's, that's fair. Yeah, that's basically having like a first aid yeah. kit handy that can talk and move around and stuff. I'd prefer and to have Laszlo from well. where, uh, what we do in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> um, number four, the 12th Doctor, which is, I am going to Google this because I don't know my Oh, doctor. that's um, the Scottish one. Um, Peter Capaldi, the 12th Doctor, uh, to help me get out. I don't get that reference because I don't really watch Doctor Who. Well, to get um, out of the situation, I suppose. Okay. Or get yeah. out and about. Uh, yeah. Get out and about. <laughs> In time and space. Get out and about. In time and space. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with us now on a journey. Oh, no, wrong show. <laughs> You're travelling through the... No, that's still the wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the... Doom, 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 doom. And then Elizabeth Darcy, which Pride is and the Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, again, not seen it. Don't know the character. Um, sure, it's a solid choice. <laughs> um, she, she hasn't given me a reason, so I'm presuming that's going to be for like the drama or <laughs> for the banner, for the pants. <laughs> yeah, 
Right, so Jack, I'm noticing a common theme with Uncle Disco's answers and the answer that we got from uh, Georgina is that they've gone with the list of fantasy characters, right? which we I kind of did in my list. I did the Matt Damon character, um, but we didn't actually do a whole list on that. So let's let's explore that this week, yeah? Let's do it. Let's do it. Right, so I've, I've, I've given mine a great deal of thought there, Joe. So I've started off straight away without even thinking this one. This one was just instinctual. Randy Marsh. You fucker. Oh, is that on your list? That was the first one I put on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are two peas in the pod, we are, <laughs> What about his jokes? I just said because he can literally get himself out of any situation. Yeah, this is true. And he he literally rebuilt a society off the back of Margaritaville. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he'll videotape everything or not videotape everything. He's just good in any kind of situation. He's, yeah, he's, he's <laughs> oh, he is the best South Park character. Yeah, 100%. Hands down. I'm so startled. <laughs> I'm so startled. <laughs> Number two, I've gone with... I mean, whichever way you look at it, it, this guy could be a real person, but we don't have any evidence to suggest that he is. Mm. Um, he's more myth, but I'm also going to go with the TV show version, which is God. Ragnar Lothbrok. God. Okay. <laughs> yeah, from <laughs> Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, no, Ragnar Lothbrok, because he would be great with the farming, with the foraging, and the protection of the blaze. Mm. And he's just a fucking, he's a legendary Viking. Who wouldn't want to hang out with a legendary Viking? Very true. You know, there you go. And then I've gone with, on both a, I've I had a massive crush on this 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 woman, and they would be genuinely really helpful and low key motherly to the group, and that's Hermione Granger. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Hermione. Hermione. Yeah. And you know the magic and whatnot. Yes. Yeah, I think she would she would be a great addition to the to the camp. Mm-hmm. Um, for another added layer of both humour and being able to deal with the wildlife, Ace Ventura. Oh, that's a good one. That's a great show, isn't it? Yes. Um, and then lastly, which was the one I spent most time thinking about. But again, I think he would just be able to get us out of any situation. And he's jokes. Rick Sanchez. Rick Sanchez. Oh, from duh, from Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm surprised you did get that straight away. <laughs> I was literally just as you went. Oh, I was literally just about to go. Morty, I'm a pickle. I'm a pickle, Morty. <laughs> I pickle Rick. <laughs> so I think that yeah, that's my five. I think. Ah, oh. I put a great deal of thought into it. Yeah, they they are good. They are very good. Uh, so I've got Randy Marsh. Yeah. Um, Understandable. Yeah. Bob the Builder. Because um, we're going to need places to live. But Joe, mm. he's no good without his... It was, was it Scoop, Mark and Dizzy, is it? Yeah. He's no good without them. It, that's true. Because man they, is only he, as good as his tools. He's basically the fat controller, you know. He's no good. <laughs> he's he he's the trains that do all the stuff, you know. Yeah, they're, but he's they're the real heroes. He's he's the one who's getting him. His his knowledge. They're just the labour. He's a glorified project manager. <laughs> 
that's, that's a really good spin-off show, actually. Bob, the glorified spin-off <laughs> projects manager. Bob, project manager. the glorified project manager. Can he fix it, Bob, the glorified project manager? No, probably not. <laughs> no, he'll just watch. He'll, just, he'll probably get someone else to do it and then ask for help when it fucks up. <laughs> But he's got his high vis clipboard and hard hat. On That's the main thing. <laughs> but he's ticking boxes. <laughs> Third is Deadpool for protection and. Bad I knew time. you was going to do this. Yeah. So I have a he bit. Very near, he very nearly went on mine, but I anticipated you put. Yeah. You put it on yours. Got to have a bit of Wade Wilson. Yeah. Um, I thought I need a chef, and who better than Remy from Ratatouille? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because he could control anyone. Ex- yeah. Exactly. So it doesn't yeah. matter who's cooking that night. He just jumps in there at. Yeah. Gets it done. And my fifth. Oh, I can't think of a fifth. I'm looking at Mickey Mouse, but his voice would just wind uh-huh. me the fuck up. <laughs> We're fucked. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know who else I was considering? Mm. Tom Hanks in Castaway. That's pretty, yeah, can I have that? Because <laughs> not, not <laughs> I did he... think of that the other day, but I forgot. Because <laughs> not, not only has he been through it and done it, he knows how yeah. to survive on the desert yeah. island, but you also get a handy little beach ball. That's it. Named Wilson. <laughs> Actually, my fifth is just going to be Wilson. Just Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he's the real hero in the story. Yeah, exactly. He's been through it before. <laughs> and, you know, those lonely, lonely nights. <laughs> <laughs> So your fifth is Wilson, is it? My fifth is the beach ball Wilson <laughs> from Castaway. <laughs> so, Joe, this is going to be quite a heavy movie trailer-based thing, but you mentioned something in the list that we just did mm-hmm. um, about chefs, and there's a movie that I've seen recently about a chef that I wonder if you've seen, because I know it's, it's an actor that I know you appreciate as much as I do. It's a very underrated, very talented actor in Stephen Graham. It's called Boyle. Ah, yes. This came out a little while ago, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. I haven't actually seen it. Um, It is incredible, man. Oh, have you watched it now? Yeah. uh, I've watched it now twice, I think. Oh, okay. Maybe three times. Maybe twice in a bit. Um, It's kind of set, you know, like in 1917, I think it is. Right. Where it's kind of set up like it's one long shot. Oh, It's like that. Um, and it, it, to me, it seems like it's more believable that it is one more shot. It looks like it genuinely is just one shot. Mm. There's not much, because I know there's like camera trickery where they would use someone walking across the screen as a way to cut. Yeah. And then, yeah. There's not much of that. So I think genuinely, I think it's a lot of one, a lot of like a single take. Um, but Stephen Graham, man, he's so good. Yeah. Because yeah, he's, he's, he's just amazing not um, to give away too much of it he's got some sort of demons he's working through right and you see it sort of play out throughout the evening and mm-hmm. stuff happens and he's always set over one stuff. night is it yeah it's all one evening oh yeah. okay that's interesting yeah. um very very good i'll highly recommend it it's not one that's got like a major plot or anything yeah. it's one of those it's one of those types of films where you just watch it yeah and it just happens kind of thing yeah but it's done so well. It, and like I say, Stephen Graham is amazing. Just it? incredible. Yeah. Talking about long, continuous shots, Mike. Yeah. Um, we're going on a stag do. No, I'm joking. Um, 
<laughs> uh, talking about long continuous shots, you watched Guardians of the Galaxy three the other day. Yes. What did you think of the hallway fight scene? Oh God, I don't remember it. They what? do it to no sleep till Brooklyn. No sleep till dun 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 Brooklyn, and they're swinging on. It's following each character at a time, but it's a one shot going up a corridor when they're. It's near the end when they're fighting. I don't remember it. Do you know? Nah. I was watching Corridor Crew the other day, who we briefly spoke about on, on another episode. Yeah. And they had the um, one of the uh, creative designers from Weta Digital who done the uh, special effects for that scene. Okay. Uh, it took three days to film. Wow. And one of my favourite parts about that whole scene is there's a shot where the camera goes through one of the bad guys, like through yeah. a hole in his stomach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that wasn't originally um, one of the beats that they were given for that oh. scene. They just needed a way to transition the camera from one end of the corridor to the other. And that whole creature is fully digital with no mocap, nothing, just literally just placed in there by, oh, by well. How incredible. And That's it's a wicked. standout scene. And they were just like, how are we going to get from here to here? Well, we'll just go <laughs> through his stomach. All right. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but all they, that kind of scene where it's like one long, seemingly long scene, mm. fight scene type thing, I always have to compare it to what I deem to be the greatest one-take fight scene or seemingly one-take fight scene ever, mm. I, I, in my opinion. And that's the one from The Kingsman, the first one, in the church. Oh, yeah. So I'm comparing this scene to that. Yeah. It's good, but it doesn't even touch it. The only thing I would say that may change your mind in that respect is... That scene in Kingsman yeah. is fully in-camera choreography. The scene in Guardians of the Galaxy is a mixture of, obviously, in-camera well, no, and uh, CGI. So to get to, to link up the CGI with the camera movements, I think is more of a feat than being um, able to... Because they still, depends, still have to have that choreography, but with like an added yeah. layer. But that would just be the same as organizing it to be a real thing. You know, you just tell the person, I'll do this when this bit happens mm. because we're going to CGI in this, as opposed to do this when this bit happens because this person here is going to hit you. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? So it's, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. The only thing, the only thing that's different is that it takes a team and a different set of team post videoing it to put that in place. Yeah. And obviously to, get it to look realistic has to be a really good standard. Mm. So that's the only difference. But I feel like, I mean, we spoke about it when we talked about Oppenheimer. I feel like the realistic aspect of it yeah. trumps any kind of CGI. Oh yeah. Yeah. And there's some real, <laughs> there's some real serious bits of that, yeah. that church yeah. fight scene. I think he, he, someone he, stabbed, the eye, he stabs one it? of them it's... right in the top of the head. Yes. Yeah. Right at the end. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. I think, doesn't he, someone else he stabs in the, Oh god, this is a horrible episode. But <laughs> <laughs> he gets stabbed in the face and then he hits the knife into his face with the 
Bible. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like further in, or I think it yeah. might even be in his knee, or I'm getting confused between that and nobody. Oh no, nobody. He stabs him in the knee and then he kicks it in further. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. See again, nobody's that's... bus scene is a really good. Yeah, one that, well. I was going to say that's a that's a continuous scene as well, isn't it? And, and we, obviously, we talked about nobody and John Wick earlier, mm. and John Wick's fight scene in the club is really, really good. Yeah. But then there's loads of movies that, like, to go back to the boiling, um, there's a few movies like that where, again, it's it's one continuous scene, or not even that, it's like a, it's sort of like a close-up to a specific actor, which boiling mm. kind of is. Have you seen Locke with Tom Hardy? Oh, when he's in the car and he plays the Welsh yeah. guy. Yeah. I haven't seen it, no, but I know of it. It's not the most exciting at films. Again, it's one of those ones where you just watch things happen, and it right. is just... Tom Hardy in a car for an hour and a half. Yeah. Talking on the phone, driving. That is the entire film. Yeah. But the level of acting he has to go through, like at times it's literally just his eyes and you can tell all the emotion from his eyes. Mm. It's just incredible. And there's, yeah, there's a few movies like that. Ah, um, oh, fuck it. Way off topic. Have you seen, we've talked about this before, months ago, maybe even years ago, James McAvoy's film where he improvises it all. Oh, no, I haven't seen it yet. He's the only one without a script, isn't he? Yeah, he can't, He gets given kind of like... Cues. Um, yeah, like the sort of general, this is where we want to take this scene. Otherwise, it's all the dialogue and stuff um, is totally like off the cuff and how he would react. Um, but even like to the point where... It's called My Son, is what it's called. The director was saying that in terms of telling him where they want to take the scene, it's not necessarily like, this is where we're starting, this is where where we want to take it. There was one bit where he's got to run away and he decides to run up a tree. And they they said cut. And it's like, okay, that's an interesting choice, but a stupid one. Let's try that again. So that's how he would like direct him to go down the right path that he wants to take it, rather than actually outright saying, this is where we want you to go. Yeah. He would sort of just be like, interesting choice. Yeah. Let's, let's try a different tact or whatever. Oh, okay. You know? That's interesting. But you yeah, saying so... my son just reminds me of um, Diggory's dad. From uh... My boy! My boy! <laughs> <laughs> That's a really heartwarming scene, but I just can never get that idea out of my head. That's the first time, because I saw that at the cinema, that, that movie. Yeah. It's the first time in my life I've nearly cried at a film. Oh, I've really? cried at films since, but that's the first time I nearly cried at a film. Yeah, that, 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 we, that. me and Dan were in the car and we were talking about what would be my favourite Harry Potter film, and I said that film because it's still really, it's still quite light-hearted. Because it's, it's very it's dark, from, man. Yeah, but from like number five onwards, it it's like just hell. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Not only is the story dark, the literal films are dark as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you see that transition between it being quite light-hearted at the beginning when he's going through his trials and stuff and then when mm-hmm. um old Voldemort comes up. Old Voldy. Um he it then sort of takes that switch to being oh, happy wizard film to this shit's bad. Oh no. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, talking about um, the James McAvoy film, Mike, have yeah. you seen, there's a Netflix show called Murder Mystery. 
Uh, sorry, Murderville. No. It's called. I've not seen the Netflix one, but I've seen. I think it was BBC Murder in Successville. I think it's it was called. Right. Is this is it the one where they get like a celebrity or someone on? They don't know. They don't have a script or know what's going on, That's but everyone it. else does. Yeah. Yeah. So the BBC originally created it as Murder in Successville. Oh and it was yeah. With... Tom Davis. Yeah, the big fella. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's originally with, with them, and then. Yeah. There was an American spin-off called Murderville. Murderville, and then yeah, Netflix took it on. Oh, so I haven't seen the BBC one. Oh, it's jokes, man. They have Cammy, uh, Chris Kamara's on it. Oh, really? Yeah, that was that's a really good episode. Oh, I'll have to give that a look then. I'll have to give that I a think look. Cara Delevingne was on one episode. That was quite good. Right. Um, Professor Green was quite good. Right. Yeah, that's, that's well worth a watch. That is. So the American one, it's yeah. got um, it's Will Arnett who is just incredible anyway. Um, I'm just having a look at some of the people he has had on there. So he has had Sharon Stone, Ken Young, Conan O'Brien, Marshawn Lynch, who, for you that don't know, is an American football player, Camille Nanjani, who's brilliant yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's so funny. I would say my favourite was probably the Camille Nanjani or definitely tipped it top was Ken Yong's episode. What I love about Ken Yong is, I don't know if you know this, Mike, but Ken Yong wasn't originally an actor. His, yeah. He was actually a doctor um, before he got into acting. <laughs> Mad. Um, and quite, quite a high esteemed doctor as well. And right. then just decided to go into comedy instead. But I don't know what, he, I think maybe it's because he's like, not grown up being an actor or something, he finds it really difficult to stay in character. <laughs> so okay. in this, the situations that's happening, and Will Arnett's trying to take it really seriously, Ken Young's just rolling over himself. <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually going to go try, first of all, before we get into the trailers, Joe, mm-hmm. um, I was actually going to go see The Equalizer this week, but I ended up having no time at all to go see it. Um but apparently it's done very, very well in its opening weekend. $43 million through Labor Day, um, oh. they reckon. Oh, um, that's the second highest, wasn't it? I think I read. Of the year or something, yeah. Of, 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 of Labor Day releases in general. Oh, maybe. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, I don't really know what Labor Day is. Is that an American holiday? Yes, an American holiday. holiday, yeah. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, Equalizer Free for uh, $43 million Labor Day weekend. Which is pretty good. Mm. Um, I still want to see it. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be able to see it this week. Definitely not going to be able to see it next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Because we are on a stack. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so that, that, that's that's a new film that's come out. Um, we've got a couple of films that we've spoken about coming out soon. Um, so we spoke about The Haunting of Venice. That's coming out September 15th. Mm-hmm. We spoke about The Creator previously. That's coming out September 29th. Yep. We spoke about The Exorcist. That's October 13th. Saw October 27th, and then we've got Napoleon in November. Um, Napoleon uh, and his hat. Yeah, that, that he never takes off. It probably distracts from his nose, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's been a couple of trailers that have come out this week, Joe. You showed me the killer. Yes. Um, you stuck to the plan with that. Um, do you get it? Because I stuck to the plan. They, they said stick to the plan like oh, five hundred like times in the trailer, million times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really well written. <laughs> Imagine if that's just the only thing he says the whole film. <laughs> yeah, stick to the plan. 
be quite a... What, what are you doing? I'm sticking to the plan. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, killer. Stick to the plan. <laughs> he, he gets tempted and he just sort of goes in for the kiss. And he's just, now stick to the plan. <laughs> my, my first thought to that trailer, Joe, mm. is I'm not sure how Michael Fassbender's going to do at a lead in a James Bond-esque type movie. So you got spy thriller from that. Yeah. I got Hitman vibes from... I mean, yeah. But it's it's not like John Wick. No. But I mean Hitman, Hitman. I'm, I'm thinking of the game Oh, Hitman. the game. Because there's a couple of scenes where, like, one of them in particular, he's dressed up as a janitor. Right. And yeah, but I know that thing, that sort of thing happens, but that's it thing, just reminds yeah. me of Hitman because you get to but dress he's, up. But he's not, he's not bald and he doesn't have a barcode on the back of his head. I think that's very shallow of you, Mike. Not all Hitmen are bored with barcodes. Well, I think that's very pedantic of you. <laughs> <laughs> shallow and pedantic. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what, did, what did you think of it overall? Did you think you're going to go see it, you reckon? I think... I will see it when it comes onto Netflix. So one of the interesting things about it, Mike, is that it's actually getting a cinema release. Yeah. Although it's been created and distributed by Netflix, it's getting a cinema release first and then uh, coming to Netflix. I wonder why. More money, I reckon. But I wonder if that's like a stipulation with the contract of the actor and stuff because of the whole strikes and whatnot. Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. Because um, in another film that we're going to get on to talk about, Ferrari, Adam Driver calls out Amazon and Netflix mm. about not going with you know, sort of, sort of following the the guys of smaller studios. Yeah. In accommodating SAG and yeah. actors' demands and studios and like and Neon and A twenty four and because yeah yeah I don't know I, we didn't actually end up getting round to this but. Um, Neon and A24 are allowed to continue to work, distribute. Right. Actors are allowed to advertise for their films because well, that's be- they that's pretty because much straight away yeah. way was like, well, yeah, all right. They didn't yeah. muck about and try and cause uproar. So, yeah, they've kind of... Yeah. That whole so, so I want. I wonder if this cinema release is a way of Netflix being able to advertise and have their actors advertise it, mm. and also not really agreeing to SAG's demands. You know what I mean? Potentially. One of the other things I'm thinking as well is obviously with some negotiations of contracts and things like that, it's done on a profit basis, right? Obviously. Netflix profits are very hard to work out because it's you, you don't get a film and then that's all my profit from that film. Yeah. So I wonder if putting it in to cinema is a way of saying, right, this is how much profit it's made, so this is the percentage that we're going to pay you for it. Well, this was the trouble that Scarlett Johansson had that's with the right, release yeah. of um, Black Widow, Black Widow mm. where it, it went into cinema and streaming on the same day. Yeah which wasn't agreed in the contract and she got a big hissy fit because she was like, well, I'm not going to get the same amount of money. No, of course, because they, the money that was agreed. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't say it was stated in a contract. It was only the profits, the percentage of the profits of 
the, the theater release. ticket release. Yeah, the yeah, the, yeah. the cinema. Um, so when it went to cinema, and then within about oh, two weeks, went straight onto Disney Plus. Yeah, she was like, "Well, hold mm. on, because I've lost out on earnings now." Yeah, it'll be interesting to find out what this killer plan is about. Yeah, the. the Oh come on! <laughs> I, cho- I, I chose those words very carefully, Joe. Come on, you didn't Jesus. appreciate it. Stick to the plan. <laughs> Just stick <laughs> stick, <laughs> stick to the script. Um, <laughs> um, it the the trailer doesn't really give you much. No, it shows Michael Fassbender in a sticking to the plan. Sticking to the plan. Yeah, <laughs> he's definitely sticking to the plan. You don't know what the plan is, though. No. But he's sticking to it. But he's definitely stick. Well, he he's trying to stick to it. Or he's at least saying he's sticking to it. Mm. Or he's reminding Maybe that's the story. On IMDb, <laughs> it just says there's a killer and he tries to stick to the plan, but does he stick to the plan? And he's got short-term Who memory loss, and the only way he remembers to do something is to remind himself every five seconds. It's to stick to the plan. It's like 10 seconds yeah. on from... But he doesn't actually remember what the plan is. He's just rem- All he remembers is... Stick to the stick plan. To this plan. What the fuck is that plan? What's the plan? I've got What's to, the I plan? don't know, but I've got to stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. What, the what is that plan? plan? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I'll definitely give it a watch. I don't know if I'd go to cinema and watch it, but I'll, I'll probably See, I'm trying, I'm trying to do a thing of going to the cinema even if it's by myself. So I probably will go see it at the cinema when yeah. it comes out, along with the list of films that we just said. Yeah. But I sent you in the week, Joe. Mm. I don't know if you watched it. The trailer for Bodies, another Netflix film. Yes. Did you watch it? Yes, I did. It looks so weird, but so good. Again, Stephen Graham. Yeah. So it's automatically already good because I just know that he's going to do a good job. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't give anything away about what it's really about. No, so the only thing it kind of tells you is that they're following these murders, but they took place over, like, centuries. Yeah. Um, But they've all got the same calling uh, calling card. I Mm. think, Mike, from that trailer, I reckon it's going down a time travel route. Yeah, or like a... Yeah, no, it must be time travel. I was mm. going to say like a um, an alien type thing, but no, it must still be. Yeah, yeah, no, it's and very, it is very... actually the same killer, but he's going backwards and forwards in time. See, this is how to do a trailer, in my opinion, because yeah. I'm intrigued to see it because I want to know, I wanna what know what's now. going on. Yeah. Whereas like we were saying about the, I think it was the Exorcist trailer. I think we were talking about. It basically gave Tells you the an entire film. film. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was a limited series. <gasps> oh, even better. Yeah, and the first episode comes out 19th October. It's not a movie at all. It's a limited series. There you go. Exciting. Yeah, it says here you're following four detectives in four different time periods. Must must solve a mystery to protect Britain's future. Oh, Ooh, still not giving much away. No. We also, as, as we mentioned just now, we watched the Ferrari trailer together. Yes. What did you think of that? Um, so it's ba- it, well, it is the story of Enzo Ferrari post his racing days, right? Um, where he, I think, he went bankrupt, um, and he went through a lot of shit. He divorced his wife. I think his son may have died. Yeah, his son died because his son was Dino Ferrari, obviously, hence the Ferrari Dino. Um, okay, I know nothing. Oh, about you know cars, nothing Joe. about cars, yeah. 
What's the plan? So it's basically just his life. What's the plan? <laughs> 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 Is that what we're going to do now? Not what's the plot? What's the plan? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so what is it, Joe? What is the plan? The plan is that... Are they sticking to it? He's going to stick to the plan of being emotional because his life's falling apart. And then he probably dies at the end because, unfortunately, Enzo Ferrari has died. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so if, it's, if it is a true story, which I Spoilers. imagine it is... <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 I um I found out something interesting about this film, Joe. Mm. Um, aside from Adam Driver calling out um, Amazon and Netflix, is, the... is so we in previous episodes we spoke about. No, we didn't. That was an episode we didn't release. <gasps> oh, inside scoop. I was I was going to say in, in the in the pilot unreleased episode, mm. we spoke about Johnny Depp's. Was it ten minute evasion, twenty minute evasion, whatever it was he had. Oh yeah, his ten minute standing ovation for yeah. that film, that the French, French film. film. Yeah, um, Adam Driver didn't quite get ten ten minutes, but it was six minute ovation for the premiere of this Ferrari film, mm. um, which is good. I think he must do a good. I think he's a good actor. Well, following on from that episode, I actually found <clears> out that it's quite a common theme for long standing ovations at the. Um, uh, uh, the film festival. Okay, fair enough. So, so six minutes is probably maybe there normal. actually is. Now, again, pe- my, some people probably haven't heard this, but we mentioned that who is standing at these these showings with a stopwatch to see yeah. how it's, and it's a really strange way to judge a film is how long people clap for. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe there actually is. If it's a common theme, maybe there actually is someone that stands there with a stopwatch. <laughs> go, yeah. The director's standing there going, right, how good is this film? Oh, oh yes, 12 minutes, brilliant. Yeah, it's going to be the best film ever. Yeah, that's really, they're not looking about like ticket sales. It's just how long this ovation is. How long is. they clap for. Yeah, 43 million on Labor Day, but the ovation. The ovation was <laughs> something else. <laughs> all those hands just you know like, just making connection with each other <laughs> you know like in on film posters where it says like 10 out of 10 the guardian maybe yeah. they should just do that from now on eight minutes film festival <laughs> <laughs> just advertise how long people clap for and i think we should start we should start doing this in movie theaters as well <laughs> I don't say that because I'm. I tend to go by myself. I'm not just going to be by myself. You're just going to be, you know, like that that video of uh, Shia LaBeouf <laughs> sitting there in the crowd clapping. Yeah. <laughs> That's just going to be you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to breeze past this next trailer that we watched together, Joe, which was the Kill Room. Oh god, which I, I took to be the most boring looking heist film. It had so much potential. It's... Did it. Did well, well, just because of the beard. And, yeah, the beard. Um, <laughs> on the surface, it's Samuel Jackson and Uma Thurman, yeah. which is, a, in my opinion, would make a fantastic pairing. The story, yeah, yeah, not so much. It doesn't look great at all. No. So, moving on from that very swiftly, uh, the last, the last recent trailer that's come out is the Wonka trailer. Wonka, Wonka. <laughs> 
<laughs> that almost sounds like something else. Um, now, there was a bit of Wake controversy. <laughs> I wasn't going to say this. <laughs> Stick to the plan, right. <laughs> oh, God, it's late. <laughs> it is late. It is late. And I've just come back off of being on holiday for three weeks and <laughs> lack of sleep. And this is... We we can stick to the plan. We'll get through this. In this Wonka film, Joe, mm-hmm. now I'm going to have a little bit of a, a rant myself yes. again. It's a continuation of the rant that I've had before on this podcast. There's, there's just no original ideas anymore. I think it's... Every film that we're seeing these days is either a throwback or a sequel or a prequel to something that's already been created, or it's a biopic. Or a book adaptation. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But I mean, book adaptations, I can kind of get on board with because they've been happening for Manelia. Um, but this Wonka, like, we've done the Wonka films, and this isn't even to do with the book. Or the only thing that's to do with this book, with the book, is the fact that Willy Wonka was in the book. Yeah. You know, so it's just, it's just a not got an original idea for a film and they've taken a character from a book and a set of movies and gone off that. Mm. And I don't even know if it's canon, right? Because in the trailer, they see, you see the people floating up, which I'm pretty sure in the original Wonka film was still an experimental thing that he was working on. Yeah. No, so that was the drink. Was that not the same thing in the trailer? No, I think in, no, because they were he called them hoverchocks, which is really close to novachok, by the way. But we'll skim over that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're on to you, Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Whereas I'm pretty sure in the film it was like a root beer, or maybe even a beer beer, yeah. and they drink it and they got the hiccups and then they started floating up. But still, right? So that still doesn't. It's make still sense. been done. Yeah. yeah, they've just taken a, a different idea and adapted it to something different. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know if that made sense, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah. And it just—it just—it winds me. Like, just get an original idea, please. I feel like this film is probably going to be over the top. Point pointing back to the films, he's going to walk with a walking stick. He's going to do a roll. There's going to be wallpaper that you can lick. They're going to do other Charlie and the Chocolate Factory yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, it's, I, I, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm really low-key getting annoyed of the unoriginality yeah. in movies nowadays. So what I'm confused about is I'm pretty sure when this first come out or when it first was announced that they were doing this film, it was going to be a prequel to Johnny Depp's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, I have no idea. But um, we get Hugh Grant playing the Oompa which looks incredible, by the way. I thought that looked so funny. It does. I reckon he's going to play it really well as well because he's just so serious. And it's nice to get uh, posh Hugh Grant back as well, because his last few <laughs> few films he's done, he's, we've had Cockney Hugh Grant. Well, it's more Camp Hugh Grant. <laughs> <laughs> All that, yeah. 
If you can, Mike, overlooking the fact that it's just a cash grab, what do you yeah, think yeah. of the film itself and what it? In terms of like the cinematography and the aesthetics and stuff, it looks like it's good value. Um, it, I kind of got like Harry Potter, old school Harry Potter vibes. Yeah, where it looks very magical and it looks like it's its own unique world kind of thing. Yeah. So in that in that sense, yeah, it looks like it'll be worth a watch, but principle tells me i shouldn't so yeah. so it's going to be a musical oh is it really yeah which okay. is good which well it being a prequel to willy wonka kind of makes sense because both both the charlie and the chocolate factory and willy wonka and the chocolate factory were both musicals mm. but i kind of hope that it follows the gene wilder one more. I'll tell you what I really liked, and it, it it kind of goes in line with the Gene Wilder one, is the subtle hint of the Pure Imagination song in the trailer. Yeah, and then at the end, when you see the Oompa Loompa, it plays a little snippet of the Oompa Loompa song as well, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah and yeah, even yeah. when he plays the little pipe, it does the little... <laughs> but anyway, Joe... Funny headline. Yes, our funny headline of the week. This week, we have Tennessee woman sets record for the world's longest female mullet. (laughs) A woman has grown a mullet longer than she is tall after going 33 years without a haircut to the back of her head. But but she's done the rest, right? She's done the rest, yeah. In true, it's an actual mullet, like... It's a serious mullet. She's really, really not clinging to the 80s. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> okay, it's not as long as I was expecting it to be, to be honest. Well, I don't think that picture does it justice because if we go down here, it says, an American woman has grown a mullet that's longer than she is tall, setting a Guinness World Record for a woman's longest mullet. Tammy Manis from Tennessee hasn't cut the back of her hair since 1990, and in the 33 years since, it's grown to 172.72 centimetres, or 5 foot 8 inches. That's taller than you. That's taller than me. (laughs) (laughs) That that, that takes some doing, doesn't it? That is impressive. The 58-year-old was inspired to start growing her hair in the 1980s, when she saw a video by Till Tuesday called Voices Carry. The singer had a rat tail, and I really wanted one of those, she said. The barber convinced her to cut the rat tail off in 1989, but she immediately regretted it. She has since decided to grow, uh, since has decided to start growing it again. 9th of February 1990 is her hair's official birthday. Mullets are back in as well, so she might be. Um... I, I don't get mullets. She she's she's actually quite fashionable again. At least she doesn't have a tash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she might though. She might have just shaved it off for the photo shoot. Yeah. I've been blessed that my hair grows, and now it's the world's longest mullet. I'm very happy with that. That is a claim is to this, fame, isn't it? Is this a Guinness? Is it? This is a Guinness World Record. So right. on this mic, I've got a list here of the ten weirdest. Guinness book right. record. Oh, go on. Yeah, so, let's hear it. Number one is most tricks performed by a pig. 
As weird, as weird as it reads, reads, it is true. There's a Guinness World Record for the most number of tricks performed by a pig. The record was achieved by Joy Bleeker and her owner, Dawn Bleeker, in the US in 2018. The pig performed 13 tricks in total. I don't like what? this because I have no idea what the tricks are. But, I was going to say, what are the tricks? So in the picture, she's like shaking the pig's hand. So I imagine they're like dog uh, tricks, like roll oh, over, sorry, it's not, it's, play sorry, it's not like pick a... It's not like pick a card, any card. <laughs> no, that'd be, that would be impressive in itself. It's a ma- magician pig. But 13 and... tricks isn't that big. So maybe, Mike, I reckon if we bought a pig, we could probably we could probably beat that one. <laughs> would you reckon? Do you reckon we could train a pig? <laughs> that would be a shit movie, wouldn't it? <laughs> Babe 3. <laughs> From the makers of How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> Comes the un- underwhelming prequel. <laughs> How to Train Your Pig. Oh, God, I made a noise of a pig. <laughs> I'm halfway there. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're already speaking the language. There you go. Right. Number two. Largest hula hoop spun by a female. Okay, so this one's actually separate. So there's a male and a female category. Oh, the hula hoop was 17 feet long and the 0.25 inches in diameter. The record was set by Getty Kiyova in 2018. That's the second one from 2018. Maybe 2018 was the year of weird Guinness World Records. Mm, conveniently just before COVID. Dun dun dun! Conspiracy. <laughs> uh, it's fine, Joe. We're not going to be on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We can we can tell you as many lies as we like. Now we're getting <laughs> we're getting punished for it anyway. So, <laughs> um, next one is the largest guitar amplifier: ten feet, zero point four seven inches long, and eight feet, one point two four inches tall. And four feet, three point one eight inches wide. Is that not just the one that they used on Back to the Future? <laughs> I don't think that one was ten feet tall. He had it in his house, didn't he? I don't know if it would actually work though. The amplifier of full cell yeah, uh, university bagged the Guinness World Record for the largest guitar amplifier in twenty seventeen. It must be like three phase. It's fucking huge. It's got like the knobs and everything. Yeah. Why did they do this? Because. Just just to get the record. Yeah, I imagine so. All Maybe right. it's just to prove what they can do. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it's not what I was expecting. I was, you know, the like round speaker, and it's got like an inner circle, and it just goes. Yeah. That's what I was expecting. That's not what this is. No. It doesn't look like. It's an actual like stage amplifier. But just huh. humongous. For what purpose? Loud hmm. music. Maybe. And next huh. one's pretty gross. So it's the world's stretchiest skin. Gary Turner. Oh, I think I've seen this. Jude's yeah, it's the guy, and he's like, yeah. he's like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what stretchy skin sounds like. <laughs> So Gary the new Turner, due to a rare <laughs> medical condition called Helia's Danlos syndrome, 
can stretch his skin of his stomach to up to 6.25 oh, inches. Oh, it's his stomach. I it, well, I think guy. he can do it anywhere because in the picture he's doing it on his chest and he's pulled his nipple away from his body. Okay. It's mad. And he's held the record since 1999. Oh, it must be the same guy I'm thinking. Yeah. Can you imagine when you get super old and you lose all your elasticity? Oh, and it all sort of like... It's like sags and stuff. Yeah. It'll be like one mm. of those, like, you know, the fly-in squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he, he yeah that's, that's what his next world record will be. <laughs> fly-in man. <laughs> gliding man. The first gliding man with no no added <laughs> equipment. <laughs> yeah. Well, you the, could be a superhero. first human parachute. <laughs> the first human parachute. So our next one is spinning a, ba- a basketball on a toothbrush for the longest. Oh, so Sandeep Singh Kaila from Canada did the most bizarre thing you could imagine. He spun a basketball on a toothbrush for a minute and 8.15 seconds and created a world record in 2019. So, right, okay, this is going to spawn a question for me Mm. to you, Joe. What do you reckon you could do that's just anyone could do it, but no one has actually gone to Guinness and said, I want to do this and set a road record. Well, it could, what do you reckon you could it do? It could be anything. Like I'm just looking around my room and if it's, cause it's not a world record for spinning a basketball, it's spinning a basketball on something. So you yeah. know how you've got them things where it's like, how someone could balance a ball on their head for a certain amount of time. You could just mm. do that with anything. Like, well, I was, I'm looking I was at my thinking, earbud. Like, I could just spend three days with my earbud on my head and say, "Yeah, I'm with Guinness World <laughs> Record. I've been, I've had this earbud on my head for for three days now." Yeah, and no one else well, has done that. I was, I was going to say the longest time holding a cup of tea. That would be achy, though, wouldn't it? I could do it. Do you reckon? How long do you reckon yeah. you could hold your cup of tea for? A good couple of hours, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I do that with a beer most nights. I nurse a beer. <laughs> and I will literally stand there for a good couple of hours with a beer. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't like these these world records where it's just like... It's just silly. They, they've yeah, yeah, they've done... It, there's no... Well, this one, there is some skill to it. But I know what you mean. There's some that are just stupid. But like surely surely, there's, like, surely there's, there's, there's going to be a world record for longest basketball spun on finger. Yeah. And then there's going to be one... The index finger and penis. thumb and pen. <laughs> I was going to say pinky <laughs> oh. <laughs> or, or nose or you know. Surely the list just will go on. Yeah, on your foot or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Two hands. Well, he, he's actually using implements in his mouth, so you could do it on a pen in your mouth or in a yeah. pen in your nose. Yeah. Or the, yeah, there's yeah, like you say. This is, he's purely got this Guinness World Record because no one else has tried it. It's really yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Go on, next one. Next one is the largest gathering of people dressed as Albert Einstein. What the fuck? <laughs> it's 2018 again. <laughs> I'm telling you, 2018 was... It's either this website is from 2018 or 2018 was the year for Guinness World Records. But during... Oh, well, that's... Uh... So I've got the Guinness World Record book of 2017. This must be a really dull edition. Then. 
During the celebration of Science Week in 2018, 541 students from five schools in Australia set the record for the largest gathering while dressed as the legendary scientist Albert Einstein. None of them look like Albert Einstein in this picture, by the way. Again, this seems like a bit of a cop-out. Yeah. This is just a, let's do it for a laugh. Yeah. See, the but, to be fair, guy... I find this more impressive because they've got 541 people involved. Give them a fiver. <laughs> if you if you if you got enough, yeah, like it's just incentive, isn't it? You incentivize people. Oh, then, you mean give come. people a fiver to come and dress up as? Yeah, oh, right. That's probably what they did. That's what yeah. they should get. No, no, no that's price. probably what they did. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give you all a fiver. Um, you have to share it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you take the corner. You take the corner. <laughs> Yeah, no, I prefer the ones where it's like the less the city guy that's like something he's born with, and mm. not there's been no one else like him. Yeah, or it'd be rare to find someone like him. Yeah, those ones I like because they're genuine. Yeah, it, like you say again, it goes back yeah. to this is they've only got the world record because they haven't yeah, done anything. Yeah, do not it. bothered. Yeah. Um, this one's yeah. very much in a similar vein, Mike. The largest collection of rubber duckies. Charlotte Lee began collecting rubber duckies in 1996 and is now, and as of now, she owns over 5,600 ducks. See, this one I'm, I've got more, I can get on board with a little bit more because it's it's not just done she's, just to get the yeah, record. Yeah, she's, she's done that because collected. she likes collecting rubber ducks. Yeah. She's got, so... she's got Batman rubber duck. It looks really good. <laughs> well, my dad likes a rubber duck. He used to have a West Ham rubber duck. Oh, I remember the West Ham rubber duck. I think it was that. <laughs> we do a bathroom with my dad for. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Right, I just want to set the record straight here. Stick to the plan. Um, <laughs> I see it because it was sitting in your bathroom in your house when I happened to be going to the toilet on my own without your dad. <laughs> <laughs> You're on up. I like, how you, I, like, I like how you felt the need to clarify. <laughs> Moving on. Um, Moving on. <laughs> the world's biggest pillow fight. And now is this, this is impressive. Is this the world's biggest pillow that they fought with, or is this the amount of people? This is the amount of pillow pill- fight? people and pillows, I think. Ah, that's not as interesting. So, attendees at a Christian evangelist event set a record of 7,681 people having a pillar fight. The previous record was set at St. Paul's Paul's Saints game in 2015 by 6,261 people. That's a lot. Six thousand people having a pillow fight. It, well, now it's seven thousand, over seven and a half thousand. That's pretty cool. It okay, looks that, pretty that impressive, made... to be fair. Yeah. And there's planning that's gone into that, and this is obviously the fact that they've broken a previous record means that this one is being fought over. It's not just a yeah. random occurrence. Yeah. It seems like a, a Christian thing because this it said that it was at a Christian evangelist event. And the previous record was at a St. Paul Saints game. So I don't know if it's like a common occurrence in the 
Christian community <laughs> to, have to have pillow fights. Maybe. Yeah, maybe the evangelists, they believe that in heaven you'll have pillow fights. Yeah, and you've got to prepare because you've got to fight yeah, to your death again. Yeah, that's the way you've got to defeat the army of the devil. <laughs> yeah. <don't> <laughs> um, Hell hath no yeah, fury I, I, like I, a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I reckon it would have been better if it was... Uh, if it was the world's largest pillow fight, <laughs> just one fuck off one pillow, one massive pillow, just someone one, getting absolutely cleaned out, <laughs> one one yeah, one um, Fender amplifier sized pillow. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, that would have some weight to it as well. You could kill a man. Yeah. You probably you could probably kill several. <laughs> Well, that's our plan. Then sorted. We're gonna train a pig and have a big pillow fight, a bit like a literal big pillow fight. <laughs> Furthest distance to blow a pee. Uh, Germany's Andre Ortolf puffed <laughs> puffed a pee. This what a way to put it. Puffed a pee to twenty four feet. 7.66 inches to set the record for blowing a pee. See, that, that's, that seems absurdly far. 20, yeah, but the, what it doesn't breath. say is if it was in one breath or not. Maybe he just or continu- like continuous. Ma- or, no, or maybe he just went <laughs> and just like over a period of three days blew this pee <laughs> 24 feet. Until he suffocated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so is he... It's either it's got to be either one continuous breath, or it's going to be one hell of a strong, <laughs> pot. you know. <laughs> Maybe it was one breath. It looks like he's got some serious cheeks on him. <laughs> you know, it's the lungs that matter, Joe. It's not the cheeks. <laughs> yeah, but that's like che- cheeks is hamsters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I suppose if your lungs are the main car park, and your cheeks are the overspill. So you fill your lungs first, and then you get that little bit extra in your cheeks. <laughs> Anatomy 101 with Joe. <laughs> is that how it works? I don't know. You, well, yeah, of course it is. It, it does because you can hold air just in your cheeks. Oh, maybe not. I suppose. No, I suppose that's where you get that. Cheeks. I suppose that's where you get your that that that, that, that burst of air. Mm. You know. But having said that, chim- chipmunks can't blow. How do you know? <laughs> Well, you've been up to <laughs> Oh God! First, my dad. Now, turn down here. For the record, how <laughs> many disclaimers in this? We don't need disclaimers, Joe. We're not on YouTube. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Next <clears> one, we've got the fastest typing with your nose. Again, this is another one where it's just. I'm going to do it because no one yeah. else has done it. Vinod Kumar Chowdhury from India's New Delhi set the record for the fastest typing with his nose. He set the record by typing 103 characters in 46.3 seconds. I can do that just by headbutting the keyboard. Yeah, that's true. We don't know what he spelt. If he yeah, just like if it... he just run his nose across the keyboard, <laughs> then I imagine he could do quite well. <laughs> Oh, that would be so funny to see. <laughs> Just... <Right. laughs> Have you seen those clips of people claiming to be like the world's quickest readers and the world's quickest yeah. writers? Yeah, and they just go... 
<laughs> that is the list completed. Well, there. I reckon we can jump on that hype track. I think we get our can name in the Guinness Book of World Records. Definitely. Yeah. I tell you what, what my favorite one was was Paramore's world record, which is the most amount of world records broken in a music video, which in itself is a world record. Oh yes, I remember this. Is it? Is it? Is it fun? I think. Yeah. Ain't it fun? Ain't it fun? Um, their song, great music video. Like one of them talking about the basketball being spun on the film was the longest time for a record to be spun on a finger. Oh, what in the music video? In the music oh, video, nice. yes. Um, Haley Williams got like the longest scream from a soft top convertible car or something like that. Okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. I'm just trying to get. So that, that's, I think that's my favorite world record. Yeah, that yeah, that is impressive. I don't know if I've got a favorite world record. Well, Joe, if you had uh, if you had the Guinness World Records of 2017 book like I do here, <laughs> perhaps you would be prepared. Did you fud it against your microphone on purpose just to show the sheer no, size of it? <laughs> no, I didn't. That was that was pure accident. <laughs> just goes to show just how many world records are in this book. <laughs> Do you know what I just prefer? I prefer the Ripley's Believe It or Not book. There's some strange shit in there. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know this book. Do you not? Oh, give it a no. give it a watch or read because that's what you tend to do with books. Ooh. There's a Barbie section. Oh, okay. Action figures and dolls. Mm. Most expensive doll sold at an auction. Jesus Christ, guess how much? Hmm. It was 2010. Yeah. It's 11.5 inches. Um, where, where's a strapless black evening dress with a diamond choker. Mm. Yeah, go on, guess how much? It's got dollars and pounds. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with £150,000. You're not that far really? off. Yeah, £189,405. Fucking hell. Well, I've seen the Barbie movie mm. and I, I'm like, uh, I know all about yeah, Barbie now. Well, there yeah. was some informa- um, some interesting information that came out recently. Apparently, the Allen doll, since the release of the film, has become one of the highest selling dolls. Interesting. Because of its, is that because they? Let's say, is it is it because it's now based on uh, what's his name, Michael Sarah? No, 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 the originals. Oh, yeah, originals. it's one of the oh. most sought after now since the film comes out came out. I wonder if it's because they didn't know who he was. Maybe until the film, and it got discontinued. So anything that's hard to come by is automatically quite mm. sought after, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, because people are weird. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening today's today to, to today's episode. Um, we've got something interesting for you next week, so keep an eye out for that on the socials and whatnot. Um, Joe, anything? Anything else? Stick to the plan. Oh, my God. You actually had something to add at the end of the episode. <laughs> episode 10, what can we That's say? That's it. Special occasion. <laughs> Groundbreaking. (laughs) And here we have it, fresh from Joe's mouth. Stick to the plan. (laughs) 
You have been listening to the Missing Intelligence Pod. Joe, where can people come and join the chat? Well, you can tweet us on Twitter. You can slide into our DMs on Instagram. Duet us on TikTok. Poke us on Facebook. Don't subscribe to us on YouTube. Or, um, uh, what do you do on Freds? I don't know. Um, like, so, maybe? So us on Freds? Is that a thing? I don't know. I'd... It's so new. So us on Freds. There you go. Why not? All of them are at the Missing Intel pod. So find us there and let us know your thoughts and join the chat today. Mm-hmm.